through the famous uh, book Noor al-Bayan. So I have got the students who are passing out this uh, today. We have six uh, students and two shiuch. Um, I would uh, invite Sheikh Ahmed Fauzi to come on the stage, the main, uh, the head of our Arabic course, and uh, Sheikh Tahir to please facilitate the students. Firstly, I will uh, st start with the teachers, Sheikh Mahmoud Riz. Sheikh Shakir. The students, uh, Naweed Ahmed. Naweed Ahmed. Adam bin Ali. Yes. Adam? Bilal Ahmed? Sheikh Ziauddin? Ziauddin. Muhammad Arbaz? And uh, Muhammad Fahim? I think they are still on the way, inshallah. I'll just go through them. Adam, please. Sheikh Ziauddin. Naweed Ahmed. Muhammad Arbaz. And Muhammad Fahim. If you guys, uh, any of the brothers uh, want to join this program, Noorul Bayan, it's, uh, you can log on to uh, www.kalima.org and look for the next uh, program update. With this, we start the next session, inshallah, Fadal Sheikh. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Shadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahduhu la sharika la wa shadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ataslima kathiran ila yawm al-deen. Amma ba'd. This is part three. Um, we're just going to cover the uh, last one or two ahadith that I'd like to deal with from actions of the heart. And then we're going to move on to diseases of the heart and then developing a personal plan for ensuring a sound heart 
So if you can look at Hadith 24, everybody turn to Hadith 24. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Unduru ila man huwa asfala minkum. Wala tanduru ila man huwa fawqakum fahuwa ajdaru. And la tazduru ni'matallah. This hadith, which is collected by Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, look at those who are lower than you. And I, and I want you to cross out the word financially. Cross that out. Anything that relates to this dunya, you're supposed to look at those who are less than you. And do not look at those who are higher than you, lest you belittle the favors that Allah has conferred upon you. I do want you to take 30 seconds. I want you to think about a very good title, like we've come up with hope and fear and loving for Allah and so on. What title would you give this hadith? Take 30 seconds, you have 26 left. Okay, in the back, what do you got? Again? Somebody translate that for me. I didn't mean train like, like. Tawakkul? La. Yes. Content heart. Okay. Uh. Gratitude. That's finished. Gratitude. Okay. So, part of the worship of the heart is gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, the Prophet said, That the affair of a believer is amazing, the Prophet said. Everything for the believer is good. And that's only for a believer, the Prophet said. That's only for a believer. If, if good comes to him, something good happens to him, he's thankful. He shows gratitude to Allah and this is better for him. This is what's best for him. And if something, some type of calamity befalls him, he's patient with that calamity and this is good for him. Because it's being rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either way. And it's all a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any event. The Prophet, so if we were going to title this hadith, I would, gratitude is definitely the ibadah that we're looking for. But this hadith is more than just telling you that you should be thankful. It's telling you how to be thankful. And that's, and that's you don't always find that. You don't always find that from the, from the ahadith itself, a how-to. The Prophet is giving us a how-to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you do that? You look to those who are below you, and that's across the board. That is across the board. It is not just with money. A lot of brothers, a lot of brothers 
will chastise their wives. They'll say, so-and-so cooks better than you. She cleans the house better than you. She does this better than you. Talking about somebody else's, somebody else's wife. He's privy to the fact of what's going on. Oh, so-and-so has five children, but she still keeps the house cleaner than you do. Subhanallah. This is a lack of gratitude because you're comparing apples and oranges, number one. But the reality is, is that you're looking to somebody who is above, not looking to someone who is below. And that's going to make you not be thankful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ni'mah. Okay? And this is across the board. Same thing. I mean, I'm, this is not just the brothers that do that. But I'm, I'm going to give the sisters a break. Alhamdulillah. So the, the reality is, is that this happens with at different aspects of life. So yes, it happens with wealth. You know, you have a decent car, well, alhamdulillah, it gets you where you need to go, it looks fine, but you see somebody else with a better car. And so you start, and, and not only that, you make more money than they make. How did they get a better car? Okay, so now your heart starts getting attached to the wealth. Your heart is attached to dunya, and you start striving over this because you keep looking at Somebody's always going to have something better than you. If that's what you look at, that is what your heart is going to be inclined to, and you're not going to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to actively. The Prophet sallallahu said, Unduru, look. Not, not optionally. No, you need to actively look to those who are below you because it's going to make you more thankful to the ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and more likely to help other people who are in need, because you'll start to see what the reality is. So it's very important that we do that, so that we do not uh, belittle the favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. When it comes to the deen, however, you don't do that. You don't say, for example, uh, so-and-so, only prays three times a day. Alhamdulillah, at least I pray four. La. You can't do that. When it comes to the deen, you should be looking to those who are above you. If you want to compete in something, that's what you compete in. You compete in the deen. So you may fast on Mondays, and somebody else fasts Mondays and Thursdays. So you want to, you want to catch up with them. You understand? When it comes to the deen, la, you look to those who are above you. But anything else related to the dunya, don't look to those who are above you. Wallahi, this is a very practical way to gain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love by being thankful for his blessings. And that's how you're going to do it, inshallah. If you look at the next hadith, which I'm going to read very quickly, this one we can title being content or contentment, right? Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala who said that the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said لَيْسَ الْغِنَا عَنْ كَثْرَةِ الْعَرَضِ وَلَكِنَّ الْغِنَا غِنَ النَّفْسِ Real wealth is not about how much you have. It's not about having an abundance of material items. Real wealth is not about an abundance of material items, but wealth is the wealth of the heart, the wealth of the soul. In other words, you are content 
with what Allah has given you. Now, think about this. Somebody who is content, what does that mean? What, what's another word we use for content? Satisfied, happy, happy. If you are happy, then you're happy. I mean, I know that sounds pretty self-evident. But if you're satisfied and you're content, you're happy. And if you're not satisfied, it doesn't matter how much you have. Guess what? You're not happy. So you really have to consider what this means here and, and take it and compare it to the other hadith that we just covered on gratitude. Because you can amass more things, things that you thought you wanted, things that you thought would make you happy, but if you still want more, you're not going to be happy. And so you have to have your own cutoff point where you're satisfied. Be satisfied with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. This does not mean that we don't go out, we work hard, we strive, we should do all of those things. However, we have to learn how to be content with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. We're going to skip to hadith 28. Book 5, Diseases of the Heart. So we're going to cover some of these um, as quickly as possible without losing the meaning of the hadith. Because the point is, just to kind of get, we covered just now what? Actions of the heart. We talked about loving Allah, loving for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. We talked about hope and good expectations or thinking the best of Allah. We talked about fear, gratitude, uh, contentment. We talked about muraqabah and God consciousness. These are all actions of the heart that we should be working on and thinking about. Now, we have to look at these, which are diseases of the heart. And if we don't study the diseases of the heart, you might have a disease and not recognize it. And that's what's so important. And it, uh, there's a book called Ighatatul Lahfan by Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. And he talks about how a person's heart can become diseased and he doesn't even realize it. Why? Because he doesn't, he doesn't know how to even check his heart. Or he's so preoccupied with other things that he's not thinking about his heart. And because he's not thinking about his heart, the disease creeps in. To the point that the heart can die and the person doesn't even recognize that it is dead. How do we know when the heart is dead? He says, when it is not affected by the evil that is around it. And he, he's totally desensitized. Totally desensitized. Doesn't give it any thought. But here's the even scarier part, and I want you to consider this. A person may realize that his heart is diseased. He realizes it. He realizes he has some illnesses. However, he prefers the disease over the cure. And this is something we have to consider. Doesn't this happen in real life? Right? I'm, well, this is all real life. I don't mean like, I'm talking about in a physical sense. 
Doesn't it happen when somebody realizes I have a disease? He's like, but I don't want to go through the treatment of that disease. And so he just lives with the disease. And this is what happens with so many people. They realize that they have problems in the heart. But the, the cure is bitter. For, for children who cannot swallow pills, when they have to take antibiotics, have you ever watched a child take antibiotics? And they say, oh, I don't want to take the medicine. It's not like cough syrup and these types of things. Antibiotics, are, in general, it's nasty. The taste is displeasing. So the child would actually prefer not to take the medicine, right? They would prefer not to. You convince them, you tell them they have to or whatever like that because you want them to overcome whatever infection they have, ear infection or tonsillitis or whatever they may be dealing with. So the reality is, is that this is the case with the heart. A lot of people know, but they're not willing to go through the process of purification. What we want to look at today, some of the diseases, and then be idnillah, a path forward to making sure that we don't have these diseases and making sure that our hearts stay sound. The first disease that we're going to look at is covered in the 28th hadith on the authority of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiallahu ta'ala anhu who said the Prophet والسلام, was asked afdal? which people are the best? The Prophet والسلام, said kullu qalbi lisan he said, everyone who has a, a heart that is makhmum. Now, this was a word that the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, didn't really use. Everyone who has a makhmum heart and a truthful tongue, or a truthful in speech. They said, we know what truthful in speech means. But what does a heart that is makhmum, what does that mean? The Prophet said, it is the heart that is pious and pure, with no sin, injustice, rancor, or malice, if you will, or envy in it. So it's a heart that's pious and pure. If it's pious and pure, then it is free of ithm, baghi, ghil, and hasad. Those four things, sin, injustice, rancor, and envy. This hadith is collected by Ibn Majah and graded as authentic by Sheikh Al-Bani rahimahullahu ta'ala. Take 30 seconds and I want a title. Yes. Malice, um, where you harbor like no, um, no, 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 no. Ghil no. uh, is different than, than jealousy. Revenge, okay, yeah, something like that. Um, rancor, I don't know, I, I can't think of another word. It, it, it means that you, that you um, 
want to not just exact revenge on somebody, but that you, that basically you want to harm Muslims. You harbor, you harbor that in your heart. Tight. Uh, 30 seconds, huh? Okay. What what would you give a what would you give as a title for this for this hadith? Yes. A pure heart, but right now we want to cover diseases. I want to say the heart should be a quality, but it's the health of the heart, right? Okay, the health of the heart. What okay. Yes. A a, a disease free heart. Okay, nice. Uh. Best of the heart. Okay, what diseases are covered here? So, so ithim, ithim is a very general term, sin, but then we get down to these last three, al-baghi, which is to transgress. That's in the heart, that, that desire to transgress against others. Ghil and hasid. Now, the main one of the... So, so if, you, if you titled it, like you said, disease-free heart, if you talked about, for example, um, I don't know. You can give, you can give a couple, couple titles for this hadith. Pick whatever one you want. The one I want to focus on is envy because that's the one that you find that is very common. It's, it's very common that uh, a Muslim is envious of another Muslim. Now, what does envy mean? Does it mean that you like what someone else has? Oh, okay, so I'm getting the time out sign.